seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. In the last hour, two teenagers have been arrested in connection with the murder of a 16-year-old girl in Cheshire. On the 11th of February 2023, the body of 16-year-old Brianna Jai was found in a park in Cheshire in England. Two teenagers, too young to be identified, stand accused of her murder. Bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from court, this is the trial. Brianna Jai. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I'll be following the trial every day and reporting on it as it happens. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together we'll examine what's happened in court and bring you the details behind the headlines. Today we'll hear that Boy Y thought Girl X's alleged plan to kill Brianna was a joke. We'll also explain what the police found when they searched their bedrooms. And how notes allegedly written by Girl X outline the characteristics of serial killers. Both defendants deny murder. Welcome to episode five, the joke that went too far. So on Tuesday, Liz, we heard the first of Boy Wise police interviews. He was questioned several times over two days and he spoke with the detectives right up until the end of his final interview. And at that point, he began to clam up and started to say no comment. And we heard in the interview where he did give answers that he blamed Girl X for the murder. He told officers he never thought Girl X would go through with the murder. He said he was just playing along with what he thought was her fantasy because he wanted her to like him, and he was scared of her. But he also eventually admitted to police that the joke went too far when Brianna was stabbed 28 times and left dying face down in the mud. Boy Y was questioned at length about the messages exchanged between himself and Girl X before the attack, during which they referred to killing other children as well as Brianna. Now, this next exchange between Boy Y and the interviewing detective has been voiced by actors. It begins with Boy Y being asked about some of those graphic messages in which they discuss methods of killing and torturing other children. Have you thought it's getting a little bit out of hand? I thought it was wrong and I never told her that it was wrong. 
I'm just still thinking it's her making up stories in her head. What is it that makes you want to impress her so much? I've known her a long time. I got used to what she says. I want to try and fit in with people. Having the amount of friends I do, I try not to lose them. Has she got a hold over you in any way? No. Are you frightened of her? At this point, Boy Y nodded his head. Why are you frightened of her? Everything. Things I've seen. What have you seen other than the incident where you say that you've seen her stab Brianna? Not seen her do anything else. But I think I go about fearing that she's going to try and come after me for saying any of this stuff. I thought she was just harmless, trying to make up stories. Boy Y was then asked by detectives about messages between them when Girl X asked him which knife he was bringing to their meeting with Brianna on the day she died. He insisted he thought Girl X was joking. I didn't think anyone was bringing a knife. She talks about killing people often. I've never seen anything to do with it, so I just think she's joking. I know you said you think it's a joke. At what point would it have stopped being a joke? If I'd seen that she was carrying a knife, I would have questioned it. You're talking about taking a hunting knife out with you. I'm not good at judging what jokes are. I think I go too far with jokes. Do you think this joke has possibly gone too far? Yeah, I see it now. But then I didn't notice it. You were planning, conspiring, to kill Brianna a number of weeks before she was killed. You were discussing ways that Girl X could successfully poison Brianna to the extent that you told her to mix ibuprofen gel in a McDonald's milkshake. She asks me about ways to kill. I know some things are more dangerous, so I just told her about that. I don't actually think she'd ever go out and buy any of this. I never saw her as a person to go out and actually put stuff in people's drinks to kill them. I just thought she was messing about. I was trying to go along with what Girl X wants. On January 27th, you were planning how to dispose of Brianna's body. Once she had been killed, you also suggested bringing your knife with you, and you said it would be sharp enough to kill Brianna. I knew that it could cut through my skin. If it could cut through my skin, it would cut through someone else's. Can you explain why you were discussing the disposal of another human being's body? I was trying to go along with what Girl X wants. I don't want to make her think I'm not. I don't really know what to explain like how I want to be seen by other people. On January 28th, you were planning to slit Brianna's throat when she came to meet you. You said this was a joke. You still went to the extent of planning what words you were going to use as part of the killing. You needed a code word to get the knife ready and another code word to stab Brianna. I wanted Girl X to think that I was with her. I wanted to make think that I was a part of her. I don't like the thought of being excluded from situations. I want to be included in everyone's thoughts. Her behaviour isn't normal, yet you've gone along with it. The detail is minute. You've gone into detail around these code words. She had been acting like that, talking about murders since year eight. She mentioned about being a Satanist. So I just assume that she wants to talk to me about planning murders because she sees me as a smart person. You said that she jokes about dead babies and things. Despite you saying it was a joke and you went along with it, you were having discussions with Girl X on messages about how she could find out how to preserve body parts of Brianna's after she was killed. I don't think that it was right. I just thought she was using an example to learn about preservatives. Preservatives of another person's body parts? Like how, what body parts are preserved? I didn't know how about what is used to preserve body parts. I just thought that she wanted to know. She really just wanted to ask someone. She came up with an example. If you are not the person that has stabbed this girl to death and it was girl Y, please explain to me why you would need to bring a knife with you. I never brought a knife there. You never took a knife out with you on the 11th? No. When she was killed? 
No. Since Brianna was killed, a post-mortem examination has been carried out. The pathologist who conducted it has described what happened to Brianna as a frenzied and sustained attack. Brianna was stabbed 26 times across her entire body. Not three times as you described. I said at least three times. You said you went for a wee and it was like 30 seconds and you turned back around. So 30 seconds for someone to stab another person 26 times. There wasn't much noise going on around me. I only heard a foot of someone chucking a bag on the floor or something. She's got stab wounds across her body. You've actively made arrangements between yourselves over a number of days to meet up, armed with weapons, knives, with the sole purpose of murdering this young girl. I never tried to murder anyone. It goes against everything I already know and believe. Everything. It stops anything I want to do in the future. I just never tried to do anything like what's happened. We've recovered a weapon that we believe was used to murder Brianna, and the weapon that we've seized is a hunting-style knife, similar to what you've described. Can you account for that? When I got home and washed my hands and everything, because I was panicking and screaming and touching the knife to try and calm myself down and scraping it along my hands. Okay. Have you got any injuries on your hands where you scraped the knife? No, it's just... At this point, Boy Wise Solicitor asked for a break in the interview. When he returned, Boy Y was seen holding a blue football, which is designed to combat anxiety. I want to be clear. You said you came home and have gone straight into the kitchen and washed your hands, and then you said you went upstairs and took your clothes off. No comment. I just want to be certain. Did all the blood come off your hands at that point? No comment. If you've caused any injury to yourself, whereabouts was the blood on the knife? No comment. That knife we seized, we believe to be linked to Brianna being killed, seized from your house in your bedroom. How do you account for that? No comment. We're quite confident the knife seized belonged to you. You said you usually have it on display on a shelf, but you moved it to a cupboard over the last couple of days because you didn't want it next to you. Why, all of a sudden, in the last couple of days, over the time Brianna was murdered, don't you want that knife near you or on show? Can you explain that? No comment. Why would it no longer be on display and why would it be in your wardrobe? No comment. The knife looks like it's been washed. Can you explain that to me? No comment. That knife has got blood on the base of the blade, near the handle. It's gone for forensic testing. Whose blood is that? Boy, why? No comment. Is that Brianna's blood? No comment. Whose DNA is going to be on that knife? No comment. Is girl X's DNA going to be on that knife? No comment. Was that the knife used to kill Brianna? No comment. Did you take that knife out with you on Saturday? No comment. Have you used that knife to stab Brianna? No comment. Has girl X used that knife to stab Brianna? No comment. Is girl X's DNA going to be on that knife? No comment. Are you responsible for murdering Brianna? No comment. We'll pause there for a quick break. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So in earlier episodes, we talked about some of the items the police found at the homes of the defendants after they were searched. And we heard more about that in court this week, Liz. Yes, as well as the hunting knife, which was recovered from Boy Wise wardrobe. A six-inch kitchen knife was also recovered from a box in the wardrobe and girl X's bedroom. The jury was told this had traces of her blood on it, but nobody else's. Both these knives were handed to members of the jury to have a close look at. Now Cheryl Mottram is the junior prosecutor and she told the court that two notepads and several handwritten notes were also found in girl X's bedroom during a second search of her home address about a month later on March the 17th. This search was actually initiated after the police examined her phone and found a photo of a so-called murder plan to kill Brianna, which she'd sent to Boy Y on February the 3rd, which was around a week before the murder. We heard a bit about this note in episode two, but here's a reminder. Meet Boy Y at Wooden Post, 1pm. Walk down to library, bus stop. Wait until Brianna gets off bus, then the three of us walk to Linear Park. Go to the pipe, tunnel area. I say code word to Boy Y. He stabs her in the back as I stab her in the stomach. Boy Y drags the body into the area. We both cover up the area with logs, etc. Miss Mottram said the note, which was headed victim Brianna Jai and dated the 11th of February, was found crumpled up on Girl X's bedroom floor. A second plan was also found, this time folded in a drawer in her bedroom. And here's a reminder of what that note said. Give them alcohol with sleeping pills. Slit throat, dismember body. Place pieces in bin bags. Bury bags seven feet underground. Get her to go to Linear Park. Go to the hidden spot near the bridge I usually go to. Someone jumps out and restrains her. I kill her. Also found during this second search were handwritten notes on serial killers, such as Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez and Harold Shipman. In a black notepad found on Girl X's bed was a spider diagram with the words good and evil in the middle of it. The words forgiveness, justice, morality, suffering, morality is all relative, evil, punishment, sin and free will had been written around the outside. Inside a second notebook, which was also found on Girl X's bed, was a memo headed Types of Serial Killers, and underneath had been written Organised, Disorganised, Crime Spree, Mass Murderer, Psychopathic, Sexual Sadist, Psychotic, Organised Crime and Copycat. A note about the American serial killer John Wayne Gacy was also found inside this book with Killer Clown, 33 Victims, Raped Victims, written next to it. On page 27 of the notepad was a list of initials headed Potential Threats Stroke People That Need To Go. 
and on the following page, Girl X had written Boy Y's name with a list of his attributes or qualities. She'd written trustworthy, funny, sociopath, good sense of humour, very, very smart, genius level, not sociable. Three more handwritten notes were also found on the floor. One of them was headed Serial Killer Facts. Underneath was written, usually obsessed with manipulation and control. Killing themselves in police custody can be a final act of control. The note continued, signs of a serial killer, cruelty to animals, fire setting, persistent bedwetting, violent behaviours, sexually predatory behaviour. USA has the most serial killers. Many serial killers are survivors of early childhood abuse, can be superficially charming. A second note found on the floor was headed Dr Harold Frederick Shipman, a.k.a. Dr Death. This note contained the words classification serial killer, while a third note related to the American serial killer Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker. Miss Mottram also said another note about the fictional serial killer Edward Carver, who was known as the Water Street Butcher from the horror film The Poughkeepsie Tapes, was also found in the black rucksack in Gerlex's wardrobe. So we obviously heard about the searches that were carried out at the homes of the defendants. We've also heard this week about the expert evidence in this case. And the jury was shown a photograph as part of this. Now, this was of Brianna's body that was taken from the scene moments after the murder. Yeah, and the jury were told that this photograph had been taken from the body-worn camera footage of one of the first police officers to arrive at Linear Park on February the 11th. On the image, Brianna could be seen lying face down with her head at the top of the steps and her legs away from the camera. In the picture, her head and face are obscured by the hood on a fluffy white coat, but a patch of blood could clearly be seen on the back of the jacket. The prosecutor, Deanna here, Casey, explained the photograph needed to be shown to help the jury understand the distribution of blood found at the scene but she said they wouldn't be putting the picture up on the big screens in the courtroom out of respect for Brianna's family. She also told the jury they could ask for a break after viewing it. Now, forensic scientist Jane Ruffley, who's an expert in DNA and blood distribution at crime scenes, gave evidence that she first visited Linear Park to examine the scene two days after the murder. She said that she found two pools of Brianna's blood, one around where her body was found and one in an area where she was moved to so she could be treated by paramedics. Spots of blood were also found on nearby leaves and the trunks of sapling trees and drips of blood were also found on a bench, she said. And she added that the blood pooling indicated that Brianna had been on the ground and bleeding freely for some time. Miss Ruffley said she thought Brianna had been assaulted close to the bench before receiving further multiple injuries at a low level as she lay on the floor. In my opinion, the findings support the view that Brianna Jai was assaulted at a low level whilst bleeding close to the steps, and it is possible that she was initially assaulted close to the bench, either sat or upright before receiving further multiple injuries. Now, Miss Ruffley also told the court that the hunting knife found in Boy Y's bedroom after his arrest had Brianna's blood and tissue near the hilt. 
His DNA was also on the knife, although she accepted somebody else could have used the knife to attack Brianna and not left any detectable DNA. Blood found on one of Boywise trainers indicated that it had come into forceful direct contact with Brianna's blood, possibly by kicking, she said. But there was no blood splattering on his shoe, as you might expect if Brianna had been kicked, she said. But she added it was possible this blood had come off when he ran through a field after the attack. Miss Ruffley said drips of blood found on Boy Wise trainers and the substantial amount of blood and blood splatter on the ski jacket he was wearing did not support his claim that he'd only gone near Brianna after the attack to check that she was alive or that Girl X was solely responsible for stabbing Brianna. Instead, it suggested he was in direct contact with Brianna's blood or very close by when she was attacked, Miss Ruffley said. The distribution of blood is what I would expect if there had been blows into Brianna Jai's wet blood. Miss Ruffley was then cross-examined first by Girl X's barrister, Richard Pratt, KC, then by Richard Littler, KC, who defends Boy Y. Now, Mr Pratt pointed out that although a lot of Brianna's blood was found on Boy Y's coat and shoes, no blood was found on Girl X's coat or trainers. Miss Ruffley accepted it was not realistic for Girl X to have stabbed Brianna 28 times without any blood being transferred to her coat and agreed there was no scientific evidence to show that she participated in the attack. She also accepted that the absence of blood on Girl X's jacket contradicted Boy Y's account that she had inflicted all the blows, but she said she couldn't be sure which injury was caused first. It is possible that injuries could have been inflicted before there was blood available for transfer, before the blood started to flow. The issue here is we do not know which injury was caused first. Richard Littler Casey asked Miss Ruffley about a coat belonging to Girl X that she also examined. She admitted she didn't know whether the jacket was the one Girl X was wearing at the time of the attack and she said it was possible for bloodstains to disappear when clothing was washed. Mr Littler also questioned Miss Ruffley about how significant it was that none of Brianna's blood was found on Girl X's clothing or trainers. He suggested it didn't mean she wasn't involved in the attack. When we deal with attacks with knives, as sadly we do a lot, when the stabbing begins and the stabbing is towards an area of the body which is clothed, there is less likely to be blood flowing freely at the early stages of that stabbing for two reasons. Firstly, the stabbing has actually only just happened, and secondly, the clothing is trying its best to soak up the blood. That's correct. And the clothing is trying its best to soak up the blood? Yes. So the absence of blood on somebody's clothing may indicate they were not involved at all, but it may also indicate they were involved early on. Yes. In an attack? Yes. Putting a knife into someone's body? Yes. In an area of the body which was clothed? Yes. And which had a coat around it? Yes. All that could explain why that attacker did not get blood on them? Yes. Mr Littler suggested it was impossible for Miss Ruffley to distinguish whether blood spots found in nearby leaves were impact spatter from something or someone hitting Brianna's wet blood or blood breathed or coughed out by her. He also suggested they may have happened if Brianna was bleeding and fell heavily to the floor. But she said it was her opinion it was all caused 
by impact. Mr Little also asked Miss Ruffley questions about the blood found on Boy Y's trainers and ski jacket. He suggested it got there when he went over to check on Brianna after she was attacked. But Miss Ruffley disagreed, saying the position of Brianna's body lying down on the floor meant there was no opportunity for blood to have dripped down onto his shoes. So she said it was her opinion that Boy Y used the knife to stab Brianna, but she agreed it was possible Girl X had also stabbed her. Girl X had possibly stabbed her early on in the assault and in a part of the body which didn't result in her being covered in Brianna's blood. Now, Mr Littler also called his own expert on blood spatter. This is another forensic scientist called Joanne Millington. She disagreed with Miss Ruffley that the blood spatter in the leaves had been caused by impact spatter. Instead, she said some of it was found to have air bubbles or mucus in it, so was likely to have been breathed or coughed out by Brianna or forced out of wounds under air pressure, for example, during CPR. The same was true for blood spots found on Boy Y's extensively stained jacket, she said, and she disagreed with Miss Ruffley that the blood on Boy Y's left trainer was possibly caused by kicking. So she concluded that the pattern of blood spatter could not determine whether Boy Y got blood on him by being involved in the stabbing of Brianna or by simply checking on her after she'd been attacked. Nor did it help in determining who exactly used the knife, she said. So, Liz, we're recording this quite late from outside court on Friday because in the last few minutes, Girl X has started to give evidence in her defence. Now, the jury was told she was going to give evidence from behind a screen to minimise any distractions, and she also played with a stress ball that we could see as she gave her evidence. And her barrister, Richard Pratt Casey, began by asking Girl X about the Tor browser, which gives people access to the dark web that we've heard she downloaded in August last year. And she confirmed she downloaded the app and that she enjoyed watching videos of what she called a mix of different styles of violent stuff, including murder and torture. But she said she wasn't exactly sure why. Now, uh, Mr Pratt asked her whether watching those kinds of videos made her want to kill people. She said no, they didn't. And she said, I just found the idea of it interesting, but I never had any intention. I found it interesting to watch things to do with it. Mr Pratt also suggested to Girl X that messages she sent to Boy Y indicated she had an interest in serial killers. And she agreed she did have an interest in serial killers and that she'd told Boy Y she'd killed two people because she wanted him to think she was some kind of serial killer. But then she insisted she'd never had any intention of killing anyone, keeping body parts or eating flesh as she'd suggested in messages she'd sent to him. Instead, she said it was all fantasy. She said, I just found it interesting, the different personalities of different serial killers and the different ways they would carry things out. I've seen some things serial killers do. They keep parts of victims. So I thought I would introduce that in the fantasy with Boy Y. Girl X said she had problems with her mental health. She said she had anxiety and would self-harm to cope. She said she also had hallucinations and heard faint taps in her head. She also had suicidal thoughts and believed she may be bipolar, although she also did confirm that she'd never been formally diagnosed. Now, the jury's been told that since the alleged murder, Girl X has been assessed and found to have traits of autism and ADHD. 
So then Mr Pratt asked her about Boy Y, who she said she believed shared her dark fantasies. She said he would go along with it. He seemed to like that sort of stuff as well and would text back. But she said their messages about killing other children were just fantasies and she never had any intention of killing anyone in real life. Mr Pratt said, you've said this is fantasy. Did you ever have any intention of putting that fantasy into reality? She replied, no, I never had any intention. Mr Pratt also asked Girl X about Brianna and messages she'd sent to Boy Y about being obsessed with her. She said obsessed was probably the wrong word, although she did say she found her very, very interesting because she was different from her usual friends. She also said she got on really well with Brianna and that Boy Y referred to Brianna as it in messages because he didn't exactly agree with people who were trans or gay. She insisted she wasn't anti-trans and that she'd questioned her own gender. She also admitted fantasising about killing Brianna but said she never had any intention of killing her. We're going to bring you more on Girl X's evidence in the episodes next week. So that's it for today and for the prosecution case, but we'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on X at The Trial Podcast and contact us, thetrial at mailmetromedia.co.uk. You can leave a comment on Spotify or even send us a voice note on WhatsApp on 07796 657512. Start your message with the word trial. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. I'm going to find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah... I remember that being really stressful. Everything I know about me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.